Folks, this is Jack Spearco with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Today is Wednesday, November 16th. This is episode 3200. I just like round number episodes, 50s and hundreds. Uh, 3200 times we have gotten together over the years now, almost 15 years of doing the show. For those that are new to the show today and tune in because you found something about welding and a uh, podcast feed and thought, yo, I'll check that out. Uh, we uh, we were born as a podcast in July, June of 2008. So June of 2008, next year we will be officially 15 years of age. Uh, so we've been around a while. We have a ton of stuff. So check out our other things if this is a new one to you. Today I have a returning guest, Jerry Ward. I have had him on before to talk about things uh, with building skill sets. Today we're going to talk about a specific one: welding. And Jerry said he wanted to come at this the same way Mark Baker does with farming. Anybody can farm? I'll well. Anybody can weld. And I think welding is one of those things that we kind of think of as like magic people weld, right? And there is some real artistry in the world of welding, and, and we'll address some of that today. But there's also just a practical, fundamental skill set. Do the two pieces of metal go together the way they're supposed to, and do they stay together when they're stressed to the level of the potential of the metal? And if it does those two things, then hey... You've got the basic skill set done. People also think welding's expensive. Jerry actually gives away a welder today. A $400 welder does a ton of stuff. Talks about a, another welder that's like $1,600, but does, well, you'll hear when he it pretty much slices and dices. It does everything. It does plasma cutting and welding, multiple types of welding. So it's gotten way more affordable. A lot of computer controls. In welders today, a lot of things you used to have to kind of adjust yourself. The machine figures out what to do with the size stock you have. And it's gotten so affordable. We even talk about the fact that a lot of material for welding, like pipe and angle iron, you can also often get a lot of it for free. We'll talk about how to do that. So this is a great episode. Uh, like I said, he does give away a welder today, but we did it already. It was given away during the live stream to somebody in the live stream. And I'm going to start hitting up my guests And incentivizing people to show up for live streams because if we're going to give stuff away, let's do it and reward the people in the live audience because let's just say, like today, wasn't that well attended in a live stream? And it's because I'm still really behind. I'm sorry. And I, I didn't get out the pre-live stream announcement like two hours early like I usually do. I got it out like 10 minutes early. And so there was only like at the peak like 60-some people in there. So one in 60-some is a lot better than one in 100 or 150 or 200,000, depending on how many downloads we get over a week. So you have a really good chance of winning. So we're going to keep doing stuff like that. Start looking ahead of my schedule and see what I can get out of those guests for the live stream audience. Anyway, before we do that, let's go ahead and hear from our two sponsors of the day. Sponsor today, number one today, is also in the metal business, but it's not something you probably want to weld. JM Bullion, that is the place you want to go for silver and gold stacking. And the reason you want to do it is better pricing than the bigger silver houses like Monex, Atmex, and Lear Capital. If, if, if you want to get free shipping... Go to JM Bullion because they have free shipping on all orders. If you want a discount in silver and gold, forget about it. Nobody does that except JM Bullion does it for my members. So you can get a discount once a month on your orders for silver and gold stacking. And it's, it's just the best place because the silver and the gold is the same everywhere. 
That's the point, right? When you buy a Silver Eagle, it's a Silver Eagle, etc. And so you want to pay the least to get the best service. Check out Jam Bullion today to do just that. Next up, ButcherBox.com, the sponsor I love so much. They pay me in meat. In fact, my butcher box showed up last night. It's even got a turkey because I didn't grow any turkeys this year on the homestead. So it's got a turkey for my Thanksgiving meal in it this time. I accept payment from them in meat. They've never paid me a dime, in, not in money anyway. Uh, I do a barter exchange for them. The only sponsor I've ever had that had a product that was a consumable that that worked out for. But you know it's got to be good for me to accept it. Check them out today, ButcherBox.com, also supporter of my Member Support Brigade program. Ten bucks off every box for life. That's $120 a year if you're on a once-a-month box. Even on a every-other-month box, that's 60 bucks a year. Either way, it covers your entire membership right there. You make a profit. So uh, definitely check those guys out. With that, let's drop into the live feed and uh, our special guest Again, Jerry Ward now returning to the Survival Podcast. And we are live, folks, and uh, I want to welcome our special guest, Jerry Ward. Jerry, welcome to the Survival Podcast, man. Thanks for having me, my second appearance. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back. We're going to talk about welding today and the fact that anybody can weld. Anybody can learn to weld anyway, because if you say anybody can weld, well, maybe you haven't learned yet, but... Um, and I, I love that approach. I think this is an incredibly valuable skill set that people can add. And then having the equipment to do it on a homestead opens up a Pandora's box. And you'll like this. I just got an email today from somebody saying, I need to know what to get to learn how to weld. He wants to weld pipe fencing on his new homestead. So I was like, just yeah. tune in today. Uh, you'll get a cool answer. But before we do that, Jerry, just tell us what, what's kind of like your professional background like and how did, how did it lead you to prepping and eventually a skill like welding? Sure. So I've spent my entire working life in IT. So I was in tech support and I'm now I'm in what a uh, position called product management. That's how I've made my living. As I was coming out of high school in the mid eighties, I had a kind of decision to make whether I would go into like a machinist welding kind of career, which I had an interest in and did a lot uh, of shop classes and such or into computers. I chose computers, which was the right choice at the time, but I've, you know, retained that interest in those shop class kind of skills, additional ones, the woodworking, metalworking, small engine repair, that kind of stuff. So that's me, and I've got 10 acres that I work on, and so I've got tractors that I fix and other things. So Very cool. So this is going to sound like a really basic question, but what is welding? And I think a lot of people, like you say, if you said, well, what is welding? Do you know? They'd be like, yeah, so the guy has the thing down on his face and sparks are flying and metal sticks together, right? <laughs> But there's there's more like there's an actual process. It's not just making two pieces of metal stick together. There's there's a, a third piece involved. Could you kind of explain sure. that? So fundamentally, welding means that you are melting the base metal. So you stick two pieces together. The the base metal of those pieces, steel, whatever it is, is actually melting, and you're adding a filler rod to add some more material, and that's what forms the bond. This is opposed to something like brazing where you are using a, a slower melting metal to kind of stick glue, if you will, a couple pieces of metal together. And a soldering is a good example or uh, braze, uh, sweating copper pipes is a good example of that where the base metal does not melt. Uh, welding does produce a stronger bond because you're essentially creating one piece out of two. Gotcha. And what is what are the different types of welding? So, I mean, I... I've done a little bit of welding myself. I remember all the way back in shop class, like seventh grade, doing spot welding. 
Right. There's, there's, there's MIG, there's TIG. Like, what are the different types? Kind of a breakdown of what that's involved and what should a beginner start with? Because spot welding was easy, but I don't think it's going to do much for the average prepper. No. So there's two fundamental kinds of welding. One is uh, where you use electricity to do the welding. So that's what we're talking about, arc welding, MIG welding, TIG welding. The other one is using a gas to create the heat. So that's your oxyacetylene. Um, Electric-based welding has come so far that it's really uh, beneficial in that you don't have to buy consumables. I mean, there's some consumables with tips and stuff, but you don't have the gas that you got to keep buying. There's a supply of electricity coming to your house that, let's face it, is basically endless, so you don't have to go out and buy those uh, fuel sources, if you will. So if we talk about electric-based welding, you got MIG, you got TIG, and you got stick welding are the biggest ones. A true MIG and TIG, the, the I and G stands for inert gas, because when you weld and that metal is melted, you it can oxidize very quickly in a matter of seconds, so you have to have something to cover it. And so that gas uh, covers it up. And the difference is with MIG, you have a wire coming out that f- feeds your filler material. And with TIG, you actually, uh, they have a tungsten electrode that creates the arc, which creates the heat, then you use a filler material. And the reason I say this is that uh, a beginner, by and large, the MIG is, is so forgiving. It, it will fill gaps. Uh, it, you know, you can, uh, it's, you, people call it wire feet. You got it almost like a hot glue gun. So you pull the trigger, the wire comes out and then kind of makes the pedal puddle. And as you learn to, uh, control that liquid pool of metal and move it across the joint, then that's what, what MIG is. There's also stick welding, which is, you're probably all familiar with in the movies. You know, the guy's got the helmet on, the big stick hanging out and he flips his head down and he does the welding there. So that's, um, that has some advantages over MIG welding that you can have more control of the electrodes and, and, and have some other features uh, that you can do that. One example is a, a hard facing. So if you have something that takes a lot of wear, like the tooth on an excavator bucket, for example, you can actually take a special rod and weld on top of that, really just depositing material to create a very hard surface there. So those are the basics. Um, but again, for this discussion of learning to weld, a MIG is going to be your, your go-to. And I will add one uh, one thing to that, what a lot of people call MIG or gasless MIG, there's actually a flux in the middle of that wire that comes out. And that's not true MIG because it, there's no gas, but that people call it gasless MIG. And so basically you buy a spool of wire, the, fuck, the flux is in the middle of that wire, and that's the only thing you need to buy. You plug it in, you squeeze the trigger, and you weld two pieces of metal together. So when we're talking about welding with electric, we're talking about a lot of energy, right? So does that person need to, if you're going to weld, for, you know, beyond a little bit here and there, ha- have a 240 uh, outlet? So really the difference between the 120 and the 240 is the thickness of material you can weld. If you really, to produce a strong joint, you want to melt that whole base material, and you to go thicker than about eighth of an inch, you need that 240 uh, volt uh 30 or 50 amp circuit. Now I will say that, you know, that, that's a very popular, uh, adds a lot of options in your garage if you have a 240 volt circuit. And I know you don't like to work with electricity. Uh, it scares you a little bit based on your past comments, but <clears throat> if you want to do that and you have, know somebody's an electrician, if you actually run the wire, you can save yourself a lot. So you run the wire through the walls, get it to the garage and your fuse box, and then you pay someone to come in and hook it up. So then uh, you have that higher capacity there in your garage. You can also then run a bigger air compressor. You can do uh, electric beer brewing if you want. So all those other things open up when you have a 
240 volt outlet in your garage or shop. But that may be, uh, you know, something you're, you're hiring in an electrician. To do sure. Yeah. People, right. So it's, right. it's another step to take, but I guess if you're going to do it, uh, long term with any regularity, it's probably worth doing. And like you said, there's other, other things adding that circuit will do for you. Sure. And even with just the 120 outlet, you can still, when you think about eighth inch steel, eighth inch angle iron, that's pretty strong. So a lot of projects that you're doing, uh, might do that, might be okay for that. But also if you have a, one of the larger generators, like a, uh, 7500 watt generator, you could, might be able to run the 240 volt welder off of that. I mean, cause it's, it's right in that range. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just as an aside, I, I mentioned I got an email today on somebody saying, Hey, uh, I want to know all about welding. And he was talking about welding pipe fence at his new homestead. That's kind of out there. Sure. Uh, you're not going to run a 240 uh, volt extension right. cord out to your back five or something. So that would go into a different world, right? Right. Yeah. And absolutely. And, and, you know, uh, Tim, uh, Tim from Canada, the Tim, uh, cool, man. right. Yeah. So he recommends a, a generator from, uh, Costco, which okay. is a 7,500 watt generator, which I have one of them and the, it will put out 30 amps that will do a lot of welding for you at 240 volts, 30 amps. So okay. if you got the, your little vehicle, you're driving out there, you put the generator in, you put a welder in it that, We'll, we'll take the 240 volts and then you could do a lot of that. Lawn tractor in a, uh, and a trailer behind it solves a lot of problems on a home. Yep. Everybody yep. wants the, the UTVs and the custom cut up little old trucks and stuff. And that's great if you have it. Uh, but if a smaller property like mine, three acres is a lot of crap. We need to move around here that doing it by hand sucks. And we just built like using golf cart, uh, tires, a little flatbed five foot trailer. We can move anything anywhere on the property with, that I can pick up or two people can pick up. Sure. Yep. Definitely advise that. So, um, if we're going to be sticking metal together, the metal's probably not going to come pre-cut to the size and shape of the things we want to do. So what are your preferred methods of, we're talking about pretty stuff, tough, tough stuff here at time <laughs> that we're cutting up and sizing and, and, and fabricating into something. What are your, your preferred ways to do that? So by far and away, the cheapest method is a, a four and a half inch angle grinder and you have to buy the cutoff wheels for it. So they're much thinner than a grinding wheel and you cut, use them on edge to cut things. Now that is a consumable. So the, the wheel wears away, uh, but that is the, the easiest, cheapest and most accessible for everyone to be able to cut metal. You can also get a hacksaw, uh, which even by hand, which takes you a lot longer. Uh, you can put a metal cutting blade in your reciprocating saw your sawzall type thing, or you can actually even buy a mini uh, bandsaw, handheld bandsaw, so you can cut through things. But if we're talking about getting started, you know, get you already probably already have an angle grinder, buy some cutoff discs for it, and go to town. Let's just I say this: anytime you're using any power tools or welding or anything, proper face and eye protection. Yeah. But if you're using an angle grinder without safety glasses, you're really, 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 really striving for a Darwin Award. Yeah. Um, I saw a friend on Twitter recently posted a picture. He was using an angle grinder. The disc broke and he had a piece of disc about, you know, a quarter of the disc embedded in his safety glasses. Yeah. That's about the closest close call I've ever seen, but that's a wake up call. Do not mess right. angle grinders and a lack of eye protection 
Dumb, 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 dumb. Don't ever and, do that. <laughs> and consider a full face shield because if yeah. you protect your eye but you still get take it to the throat, that's, yeah. that's probably not a good thing. Ah. I want you one other more expensive option. There is now something. Well, if you have an old cutting torch uh, style, that that's you know an option as well. But then again, you have to buy the oxygen acetylene. Uh, there now is a plasma cutter is what it is. You can buy them for three to six hundred dollars, depending on how thick a material you want to cut. And it's basically just takes compressed air. Again, with that same electric arc situation, and we'll cut metal. And so if you see like CNC tables and such, they all went to this plasma uh, torch. So that is an option as well for if you have a little more money to spend. That's one of those things when you hear about it, you're like, I'm going to have to get me one of them. I just, it's, it's one of those things, even if you, you – what's kept me from investing a lot of this stuff is I don't know that I would use it enough, you know. But I, I think it doesn't take much before the stuff starts to pay for itself. Right. Um, definitely. Um, what should a person do to get started with learning? It, it is a skill. It is a thing that you can do wrong. It is a thing that you can get hurt with if you really do it wrong. So it's really easy to say kind of DIY and learn as you go. And I, I, some people do it, but how could a person maybe find someone to help them at least get on that starting path so they know they're doing things the right way, proper safety and, Honest to God, actually work because you can stick metal together wrong. It can be done. I've seen it. All right. Not just going to be wrong. (laughs) Probably the best path is your local community college. If your schedule permits it to take a welding class that's, you know, two nights a week for 12 or 14 weeks, that would certainly go a long ways towards teaching you uh, how to weld. And they go through much more in depth and you really have really generate a skill. Uh, for a lot of different areas, you know, vertical welding, pipe welding, like the one person referenced. Um, although I did just get an advertisement this morning that my local makerspace is running like a three-day introduction to welding class on several different schedules for, you know, like in the $100 price range. So it's certainly an option. And then there's also always YouTube University. Uh, you see uh, there's several people. You can watch them. Uh, in this discussion today, we're not going to really cover the hows or of welding. We'll cover the whys. But there are some things you got to know depending on what, what you're doing, whether you're doing the flux or the uh, inert gas-based welding. It changes the direction that you hold the torch and those kind of things. So that's part of it. But, again, nothing beats just going out there and just laying down beads on metal to practice. And, and you will uh, – It's surprising. I found it surprisingly easy to pick up uh, when I was a teenager in high school, and that goes back almost 40 years now. Uh, but but you learn pretty quickly. So what metal should a beginner expect to weld and fabricate with? You, you know, somebody, I need to weld on the weld on the bottom of the ocean titanium. You know, like it's it's probably not the way to go. Yeah. So expect for a beginner that you're looking at regular plain carbon steel uh, that you weld that together. That's what all of the equipment uh, that you talk about at beginner's level does the best at. It's the most forgiving. I mean, let's face it. If you mess it up, you grind it off and start over again. That's one of the beauties of welding. You're, you're adding more metal as you weld so you can make that adjustment. Uh, things like stainless steel uh, can be welded, stick welded with a uh, the right kind of stick. Um, when we talk into aluminum, that's a whole other uh, scenario. You, you do need that shielding gas. So you got to go with true MIG or TIG, which means buying gas bottles. Um, the welder, the, the filler material in a MIG is much softer, so pushing it out through that torch, it will be a bit of a challenge. So really, welding aluminum, you need to look at TIG, and you need to make sure you get AC TIG, I think it is. So it's, you know, if you want to do it, you certainly move into it, but it is something that's a little more of an advanced 
uh, than just what the beginner could expect to tackle and be successful at. So I'm going to give you a, a little AV assistance here with my next okay. question, right? Um, and that is, well, what does it cost? So I've got a sure. exact answer down there on the screen for you. It depends, <laughs> yep. So uh, there's some givens that you should have. So I talked about having an angle grinder, measuring tools. So, uh, you know, kind of the assumption is that you already have that kind of stuff. The first piece of specialized equipment you need is a welding helmet. Uh, you can get them for as, as low as, I think, about $40 up to probably $140. And the, really look at what they call an auto-darkening helmet. Uh, if, again, you go back to the TV shows where someone's welding. They always got the helmet sticking up, and they go flip their head to flip it down. When that helmet comes down, you can't see anything. It's that dark. And so you actually got to get your art going before it can. you can see anything and see what you're welding. The auto-darkening helmets, you can actually see through them. And as the arc starts, they darken through some kind of LCD lens in it. Uh, so that's your first uh, piece to buy, again, 40 to $140. Then there's the low cost option. So if you go with the 120 volt flux core machine that basically that's all it can do, uh, those are under $200. That gives you the ability to stick, uh, weld together something in the range of eighth inch steel. Uh, you can plug it in just about anywhere because anywhere you have 110, 120 volt outlet, you can use it. Uh, if you step up to a mid price machine, uh, that is in your, uh, four to $500 price range. That will be either it will take 220 or two, 120. So depending on where you're at, you can plug it in. The more volts and amps you got, the more uh, thickness that you can weld. And again, these are all pricing. It's all um, kind of the knockoff Chinese brands. These are not your traditional name brands, your Lincoln or your Miller. Those cost you know three to four times as much. So it's become very popular to buy these uh, uh, items that are made in China. Lots of uh, YouTubers have reviewed them. They've used them for years in some cases and have been very happy with them. The highest priced option that is a relatively new offering is what they call a multi-process machine. So these new welders are inverter-based. So just like uh, the inverter-based things have changed the world of generators, so likewise with welders. And these multi-process machines, basically there's a computer in there, and it can easily switch to other things. So uh, you can, for in the $1,000 to $1,500 price range, you can get a machine that does almost everything, MIG, TIG, stick. Uh, and also has the plasma uh, cutter built in. There's one unit on the market now for about $1,600 that has its own air compressor built in. So literally, you can go anywhere with that and cut metal and then weld it back together uh, as long as you have enough volts and, and, and amps there, which, again, we talked about could be done with a, with a good-sized generator that you might already have in your house if you're a prepper. So there's your price point somewhere in the, you know, 250 to $300 price range up to, you know, coming up on $2,000 can get you uh, really uh, started. But if you have the budget, I recommend to go with those mid-price ones, the 240-volt uh, base system. Uh, so that puts you at, you know, in five $600 price range to get you a helmet and a welder and assuming you already have a few other basic tools. You know that 1600 bucks for one that does it all, um, and at that price point, I would say, like, the person that does this every day of their life for a living is probably not going to rely on that. But for a homesteader, that sounds pretty sexy. I got a plastic it, cutter, an air compressor, a right. dual welder, all of it for $1,600. Um, especially somebody like our friend that wants to uh, put in pipe fencing or something like that. I right, guess. yeah. So you put that again on whatever you're hauling things wrong with that in a good-sized generator. You can cut the pipe, cut notches or whatever you need to do. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that's, 
that's where it's at. So it, it, it's very affordable for a DIY or homesteader. When you think about the, what you spend on tools or what it costs you to have something done that you can't quite do yourself. Not only do you got to haul it someplace to have it welded, you know, if you're doing any kind of, well, the fencing, obviously you're not going <laughs> to, you're not going to take that to a welder to, to do, but shelving, uh, minor repairs, you know, you want to do a modification to a metal frame of a trailer, all of that can be done with these machines. So let's talk about why welding probably is the best choice for a number of projects people want to do. One thing that springs to mind for me is how many things I've built out of wood because I didn't have welding gear or metal to put together. And people would think metal heavy wood light, but depending on what you're building, you know, you can use some pretty lightweight relative to scale steel compared to two by fours building a thing, right? So one one would just be weight uh, and durability. A two by four will rot, probably cared for metal will outlive you. What are some other reasons people might consider this? So we think about metal also, one of the advantages is that it's almost always straight. You think about you go to buy a two by four at Home Depot, it's kind of wavy and crooked. So metal comes out really nice and straight. And if you are welding it together, uh, the joints become much simpler than trying to drill and either tap or bolt and all those other things. So welding, you can do it just about anywhere. So anywhere on the metal, you can just stick something to it and weld it together. Uh, I think about, uh, if you remember the open source ecology uh, project, which I think is, is kind of languished, but they had these crazy complicated joints to try to bring three tubes together at all right angles. And, you know, they drill all these holes in it and they, got all these overlapping things and trying to get them when you really could just cut it at, a, at some kind of miter and welded it on and been done with it. So I, I really strongly encourage people, if you're going to create anything out of metal, consider that welded joint because it it's very strong, doesn't require any fasteners. And, you know, again, you can do anywhere on the metal. You don't have to have a hole or a bracket or, a, you know, something like that already in place. So we've already had people say what I expected with, like, welding is easy to learn how to do. Making it look good is another thing altogether. Uh, you know, I've seen the little meme with the kid with the welder, and my daddy says, if you need a grinder, you're a crappy welder or whatever. <laughs> my, my thing with that is it doesn't have to look good to be strong, right? I mean, sure. in the end, what are we doing? Like, I own a uh, eight-and-a-half-gallon stainless steel milk can still from a company called Mile High Distilling, and their welders are honest-to-God artists. I mean, it is oh, yeah. gorgeous, and I appreciate it. But in the end, if I'm welding together a pipe fence, I want to keep the animals in and the people out, right? Sure. And I don't want it to break. So, like, how important it is that, that a weld look good? And this is where everybody's minds will get lost in the audience now. <laughs> sure. So they have a, a phrase, they call it stacking dimes. So if you have, like, a stack of dimes and you have a little bit on an angle, that's how some of those really beautiful welds you're talking about yeah. turn out. That, that's a TIG welder and someone that's had years of experience. Fundamentally, if you melt the two pieces together, it's going to be as strong. Um, so you, what you got to look out for is inclusions or, or burn-throughs or spots where you got uh, uh, some kind of contaminated uh, part, in which will weaken the weld. But let's face it. I mean, the things that we normally do, that we normally use in our homestead, how often does the metal actually bend or break? A weld, a weld is almost as strong as the original metal. And again, you know, I don't want to make that claim as a blanket statement, but just keep in mind that almost, and, and you're, you know, you can have a weld looks pretty crappy. As long as you've melted the two pieces of metal together, take a grinder to it or don't, you know, just yeah. it's out in the pasture. Who cares? Yeah. The cow isn't going to criticize you. Is, is the slag sharp and we'll cut something yeah. like that. If, if not, 
<laughs> Who yeah. cares? I mean, I, and I know the purist is out there right now going, you don't understand. I understand. I'm not as good as you. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and, and it's certainly something to aspire to, to, to improve your craft and be able to create those beautiful welds. If you start trying to do this as a side hustle, uh, you're starting to charge people. I, I would hope yeah. to get to the point where your weld looks good before you uh, start uh, this as a side business. So, so we've talked about the equipment itself, and that's pretty much a once and done unless it breaks, right? Sure. But yep. there are some components to this that are more on the consumable side of things. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So fundamentally with welding, you are adding material to every joint. So you have to buy uh, in the case of the flux core MIG, you buy a spool of wire. If you're doing stick welding, you buy a bundle of sticks, and those are consumed as expected. The other pieces that do are considered consumables are your tips and, and the cups around the tip in a MIG situation. So you got this a gun that the wire's coming out of. You get some splatter. If you accidentally bounce it into the pool of molten metal, you kind of destroys your tip there. Cause keep in mind that tip is a copper of some form because it's got to conduct electricity through that um, through that wire, so you know it, those do need to be replaced over time, but they're very affordable. Especially if you're only doing intermittent welding as a homestead or DIY maker, uh, you may you know not even replace them once a year. They may rust or corrode before you actually consume them from your welding. So those are uh, the things that are out there. If you are doing plasma cutting, it's very important to have your air dry. You have some kind of air dryer because then. If you don't, you know, when that plasma is ejecting out of that nozzle, uh, the wet air can, again, uh, shorten life of your consumables. And, and that's, it's called a consumable for a reason. That little nozzle uh, gets eaten away rather than the expensive torch. And, you know, they're a few dollars an item, so it's not something that breaks the bank. How have welding machines changed over the years? I remember, like, it seems to me like a lot of people have welding equipment now and, and have a little bit of the skill set. <laughs> When I was a kid 40 years ago, um, you know, like if you needed something welded, like you might know someone in the town. I grew up in a little town and, you know, one or two people actually had the equipment to do welding. So it seems a lot more accessible today. It is. And again, it's this change in technology. So there are basically many computers built into these welders now. Uh, and it's only the, the, the cost reduction of all computer equipment that has made this possible, the cost reduction in inverter technology. So now that things are getting much smarter, it used to be you had to set everything manually on a welder to, and you had to calculate it and know what it was, especially for wire feed MIG type of welders. Now they have this feedback loop built into them because they sense the current electricity in these things and uh, go faster or slower on the wire feeds. So that's really changed it. But the biggest point is made it much more accessible, the cost of it. Um, think about a plasma cutter where you can buy one, again, three to $600, and all you need is air and electricity. But it used to be if you wanted to cut metal, you had to have an oxyacetylene cutting torch, and those tanks always had to be filled. So you had to take them someplace and get them filled, and that was expensive. So that's the, the big difference there. It's become much more accessible. Although I will say that in times past, uh, maybe perhaps a lot more people than you thought did have at least like a stick welder, arc welder. It used to be a time almost every farmer had one because of fixing machinery. You need to weld something, and if you if your crops were ready to be harvested and you had, had broke a bracket or something, uh, you know you had to do it right now. Uh, so that in the rural lifestyle of the farmer, they were a lot more common than than you know homesteaders, DIYers of the past. So, so 
kind of going into where we're going to go next with recommendations, um, Ecomouse here is asking us, which is the easiest and most affordable welding rig, MIG, TIG, oxyacetylate, or? Uh, so it's the the flux core MIG. And so, again, MIG is not quite – they call it flux core mm-hmm. MIG or, or gasless MIG, which is an oxymoron because the G in MIG, it stands for gas literally. But mm-hmm. these machines that have the spool of wire with the flux in the middle of it uh, that comes out, and that is the easiest to learn. And, again, they're they're very affordable. They're in the, you know, 200 – uh, so which you can get started if you're welding thinner stuff. And most of those will also do stick welding uh, as well. Uh, so that's, that's where I would recommend everyone that, that wants to learn to weld get started is that, that gasless MIG. And you've been working with a company, right, called uh, Yes Welder. You want to tell us a little bit about that and let these people who have been hanging out with us live know the opportunity that about six of them have just left the room lost out on? Okay. So, um, when I started, I'm starting a new project where I want to build, uh, instructional materials, bringing back shop class. So it's going to be called shopclassonline.com. And I was looking for a welding supply, uh, someone to supply a welder that I could work with that is consistent. Uh, there's someone that, that, you know, you can get a hold of. Um, but I wasn't going to go with one of these, uh, name brands that are, are much more expensive. And so, yes, welders, they're, they are a Chinese company, but they've done a couple of successful Kickstarters to launch new products. And so I've, I've been working with them to try to, I'm trying to convince them to sponsor me in this effort. Uh, but I reached out to them, tell them I'm doing this interview and they have agreed to actually give away a welder to one of the listeners. And being your podcast, you've chosen someone on the live feed is going to receive it. So that's, that's the path. Uh, there will be a welder that they're giving away. But, uh, again, you know, if, they're very reasonably priced. They've gotten a lot of uh, positive reviews by YouTubers. There's some you know, negative ones out there, but uh, there is at least a customer service uh, uh, phone number and email and stuff that you can get a hold of them. Some of these uh, weird names that you see on Amazon, you can always return it to Amazon, but um, can't necessarily get uh, in connection with the manufacturer. So this way uh, is what you can do with this company. And they've also agreed to uh, give a 20% discount to the listeners of the Survival Podcast at the end of the year. Um, honestly, it is the same discount you can get, anybody can get right now during the Black Friday sale, but uh, with the code SURVIVAL, you can get that uh, discount through the end of the year. And this is what I was basing the pricing on, and my recommendation, if you're able to swing it, is to go with their, their MIG uh, machine that is about $400. It is the... Um, 2M205DS or something like that. Uh, so if you go to shop by MIG welder and you can okay. see that, yeah, so that's a multi-process. So it does MIG. It technically does TIG, but you then have to add on a TIG torch and a gas bottle. Um, and it is only DC TIG, so it won't do aluminum, but you can do stick welding with it. It will, uh, has either 220 or 120 voltage input. So again, the, the higher the voltage, and amps, the thicker that you can weld. So uh, there's that. And then they also have the multi-process machine, which incorporates, you know, AC-DC TIG, uh, the plasma cutter, and a lot of things. Their highest priced uh, one is uh, at 1600 It was just came out. So I don't think any reviews. It's not really been out. I haven't seen it on YouTube yet. But it's a very interesting um offering that it has that air compressor built in it. Now it'll claim to cut one inch steel. I doubt it'll do it with a built in air compressor and you're going to have to have, you know, the maximum uh, input yeah. voltage and current. But uh, 
uh, you know, that, that it is, when you think about an offering of a multi-tool uh, to run your homestead, it certainly is appealing. Although you can look the other way that you could buy a dedicated plasma cutter from them, uh, you know, and at the MIG for, you know, about the same price. So if you're, if you're concerned about that two is one, one is none, uh, thinking you might go with the separate plasma and a uh, welder, but. So, uh, Mama Bear says that's an amazing offer. Well, it's, it's fixing to get a hell of a lot better for somebody. I don't know which one they're going to get, but somebody in here, and there's only 44 people in here live right now. And if you left the live chat today, you screwed up. And if you thought, ah, it's just about welding. I don't need to show up live for that. You screwed up because somebody is going to get a welder. Now, I don't know, again, which model, but I'll tell you what you're going to do to try to win. You're going to send me an email, one email. And if you're watching this in a replay or listening to it on audio, don't bother. It's only for the people that are in the live feed. I have to get the email before the live feed ends. You're going to send that email to Jack at the survivalpodcast.com. You're going to put TSPC welder in it and send that off to me. And then I'm going to get all of those emails and I'm going to look at the order they came in. I'm going to give everybody a number. First one's one, two, three, and so on. And I'm going to go to a random number generator. Whoever wins, wins. It's a race. You have won. And so, uh, Jerry, you can tell them what they're going to win because I don't know which model it's going to be. I, I'm also not 100% certain, but I, th- I believe it's that mid-price MIG, the the M MIG 205DS that will do the, the basic right MIG. And, it, and you might also get a, a welding helmet thrown in with that. So, um that's you pretty know, yeah, badass. They, 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 going they, up to a live stream, yeah. guys. Absolutely I'm going to try to get other guests doing this, man. We got to like, we got to reward these people that take time out of the middle of their day when they're supposed to be working and screw off while they're supposed to be working and come hang out with us, right? We got to right. take care yeah, of these absolutely. guys. So uh, we're definitely going to do that, and I think that's they, and it, guys, this was Jerry's idea, not the how, but the what to do it for somebody in the live stream. I really. Kind of like that idea. I bet you there's emails coming in already. One more time, send an email to Jack at the survival podcast.com. TSPC welder in the subject line. Get it to us before the live stream ends. Probably about 15 more minutes of that. And uh, when it's over, I'm going to call it. So get that email sent now. Jerry, I will say that it does have to be someone in the U.S. that can only this ah, particular, okay. uh, yeah, the group that's, that's, you know, funding this, if you will. It's part of the U.S. distribution group, so it does have to be shipped to a U.S. address. So I think that's more than fair and understandable, given the size and weight of the object, mm-hmm. right? Sending it to Australia might be complicated. It's hard to send seeds to Australia, let alone welders. So right. that's that's totally fair. You want to talk about maybe some of the projects that maybe either you've done or you can think of that really kind of get opened up to people once they have the skill of welding? So uh, I go back to one example is uh, my little utility trailer. So I got a Harbor Freight, you know, bolt together utility trailer, and it's had some problems over the years with this that, and the other thing. If I could have went back, you know, and and because I didn't have welder at the time, but just some of those joints, just welded them up, that would have helped with the rigidity of the trailer. I have another old boat trailer that we're going to do a chop and and, and slash on to to modify the the layout of it to produce a smaller trailer, like you said, for hauling around the homestead. So that's one thing. I think about, um, you know, shelving, uh, any of those kind of things be so much, uh, easier. So, you know, it, it's, it's a skill that you'd be surprised how you, useful you find it when you start dealing with it. I just picked up a, a little, um, Taylor Dunn 
flatbed electric utility car. These are the ones you used to see in the factories, right? You know, the guy looks like he's sitting over the front of the wheels driving around. So I got one of those, and it needs some, you know, it's got some body rust, but it's, you know, basically those diamond plate panels. So cut them off, weld them back on, and weld on some hitch uh, kind of stuff. Uh, so all of that is, uh, you know, certainly uh, much easier when you're able to just weld. I, I did put a bolt on hitch receiver, and I spent probably an hour drilling it out because it's the one I thought I wanted when really what I should have done is just cut something out and took just a tube and welted it inside. So, you know, those things uh, would have been a better choice perhaps for a welder, but that's, you know, live and learn. I think there's like material too. like people think, well, you know, I got to come up with material. I think there's like this huge opportunity to get material to weld for mm-hmm. free. Because, like, if you went out on Craigslist or, like, next door is great for this. Next door, for instance, right now, I said, I'm looking for people that have a whole bunch of leftover two-by-fours laying around. I'll come take them away for you. They're like, yeah, no. Right? Yeah. Everybody knows what to do with a two-by-four. Price of lovers come down, but it's still way up where it was a few years ago. Um, it's not something people just freely give away nice, you know, eight-foot-long two-by-fours or, or what have you. But there's a ton of people. They move into the house. You know, especially in the homestead area, it's kind of more rural. Guy that was living there had a whole bunch of metal stock he was saving up to use for something. Because all of us do this shit, right? Like, your wife's like, why don't you get rid of that? Because I'll use it for something someday. And they move in, and there's all this, you know, angle iron or pipe steel or something like that. And they're like, what do I do with it? And then it's not like you can just, you know, most places you can't just throw that out and expect the garbage man to take it away. So if you're like, if you have old pieces of steel angle, iron pipe, et cetera, I found you can get tons of that just for going to pick it up. So one thing to th- uh, think about is bed frames. You know, there's people throwing away bed frames all the time. Uh-huh. That's nice angle iron. Uh, the other thing to look into is someplace that sells uh, like tractors or lawn, larger lawn equipment. A lot of times that stuff comes in a metal box, if you will, a, a tubular steel crate-ish Ooh. kind of thing, and they just end up getting rid of it. But you'll go broke if you try to buy your metal from Home Depot or Tractor Supply because it's, it's small pieces and it's very expensive. Find a metal supply a place near you. The challenge is going to be a lot of stuff comes in 20-foot lengths. So either take ah. your cord, you know, battery wrapper or angle grinder with you and chop it to a uh, size you can haul home, or for a little bit of money, they will chop it in half for you as well. So all of that, uh, you know, as you start building things up, Keep your your little pile of a stash of items, then you'll be surprised what you can make when someone comes along and asks. So, you know, when we start getting into things like getting free material and all too, that's where like you have a shop, you want shelving. It would seem like, hey, you know, slap together some two buys or whatever would be really easy and and not really expensive even with modern lumber prices. But when you get your material for free, you got something that lasts forever, lighter weight, holds up anything, and Again, you're pretty much getting it for the, the cost of labor and developing the skill set. I think there's a lot of things probably like that. Like I mentioned that little, uh, cart that we built, that's, that's all welded together, and that's not a real hard project to do. Yeah. So do you want to be careful? I saw a comment about galvanized, uh, you know, when that zinc burns off, oh, it yeah. is toxic. So uh, they say not to do it, but if you do choose to do it, make sure you're doing it outside in a well-ventilated area. You can also get the respirators. If you're doing a lot of welding, you really should look into that. If you're, you know, I'm, not, I'm not telling you to be unsafe or anything, but uh, keep that in mind that that some of it does produce noxious gases if you're in an enclosed space and doing it a lot. So, 
and I can't overstate what I that I feel that if you can get somebody as a mentor or take a course, that would be a great starting place because we can only cover so much. And there's just things like when you set up to weld, like having your station set up right, especially as you start out and you you have a propensity, a higher propensity for making stupid decisions, like setting yourself on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Although one thing I will say that a lot of these newer machines that with their current sensors they have built in. Uh, you always had the risk of electrocuting yourself with welders of old. Uh, they do have uh, some sensors. I wouldn't recommend testing it, but still, uh, some of the sensors and stuff will have, will prevent it from, you know, shocking you in, in some circumstances. So, uh, zone six, Eric says the best welding machine is one that you have practice with. Uh, an expensive machine that isn't used this is very useful. So yeah, start somewhere inexpensive right. to get the experience. I would also say for people like, there's a lot of people that they hear about a thing and I want to do the thing. So they run out and buy all the things for the thing and then they do the thing. And then they're like, I, hate I don't the really like the thing. I, you know, I thought I would do it more. So I would reach out in your own personal network and find out, does anybody, you know, own some welding equipment and like, can I come over and like help you with a project and learn? And then you're going to be like, you know, this is a thing that I really like that I, I can see myself, you know, doing a, a couple projects a month with because I'm, I'm welding. Now you have to leave me alone. And then you actually like what you're doing. Somebody looks at you and goes, Oh, he's look, there's sparks coming out of there. He he's working, leave him alone. And you're like, actually I'm having fun. Or you can also, like, yeah. Cause when you're doing that arc welding, people yeah, have to stay away. Cause yeah, leave you alone. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but then the other thing might be, you'll go do that and go, you know what? I, I, I don't really enjoy this. And you might talk to the guy that let you try it and go, you know, I'm going to need to like stick something together once in a while. And he, he might like, give me a six pack of beer and I'll stick anything yep. together you want as long as it's not sure. too big to move around. So finding out what I think before you make a big investment in anything, finding out if you really are going to use it because it works out great for me when I find people that are like, yeah, I bought this thing and I never used it and I can pay them half of it to get it. But I've done the same thing myself, not with welding gear, but I've done, you know, you buy a thing, you think you're going to use it, and you just you just don't. So go try it. Yeah, although I would challenge you on that a little bit. You, okay. Some things you buy, you find that you use them a lot more because they're right there in your possession. So if you always have to go to a welder to have something done, you hmm. might be less inclined to do something. Whereas if it's right there, set up, ready to go, um, you might consider doing more of it that way. So, you know. Uh, your point is very valid, but just since you don't have any data on how yeah. often you'd use a welder, since you don't have a welder, true, you're, you're speculating a little bit. So just keep that in mind. Because I think the the more of a true homestead you have, the more you're going to find there's a lot of stuff that you would weld if you had the ability to do it. Because I think I've, I've seen that too. That like you're like I won't really use this much very often, and then once you have it. Uh, 3D printers like spring to mind. Like how many yeah. freaking little action figures can I print? And when you figure out, well, like I need a bracket and I can just print a bracket. All of a sudden, like it's pretty handy that it's there and it's accessible. Yep. Let's give a 3D printer, but yeah. So let's give everybody that uh, formula to win a welder again. If you haven't already taken the opportunity, I see the number of attendees is up. Some people might've missed it. We are giving away a welder. Most likely it's going to be the, I should say Jerry is giving away a welder with his partner. Well, uh, and yes, welder is giving away the welder. Yes, welder is giving away the welder because Jerry asked him to. And uh, this is about a $400 welder. 
And one person from the live stream only will get a disc welder or one very similar to it. Uh, you do have to live in the United States to, uh, to get this because it's from their U.S. distribution system. The formula is to send me an email with TSPC welder in the subject line. Jack at the survival podcast.com. Shoot that email over to me. If you're watching the replay or listening to the audio, don't do it. I'm going to set up a rule right after I close this that says to delete it because I know that I'm going to get a bunch anyway. But if you were live streaming with us today, you have a chance to win a welder. One in 60 as of right now. Anyway, um, let's take a few. Eka Mouse says, and let's get rid of that. What is the amperage requirement of that little box? Is that on the potentiometer? I don't know which little uh, box she means, right. but. So one thing to keep in mind that all of these have moved away from the, you know, straight amp setting on the dials. It has a feedback loop where it tries to figure out the best speed, which is great for, you know, people that are just learning to weld. I, I compare it to the cameras. You know, you used to be able to set the aperture and all these other things manually. Then the auto cameras came in and well, everyone just goes to that. So these dials, you basically set the wire diameter, set your material thickness and it kind of figures it out on its own. Uh, but, uh, the, the 220 ones, uh, I think they can go up to 50 amps. So if you want to weld your thickest material, you need that 220, 50 amp service. Uh, but as you, you know, come down and maybe you don't have that much, you still, it's a very usable, uh, even a 30 amp 220 with the amount of the thickness of the material that you'll likely be using. And one thing to keep in mind, you produce your strongest weld joint by completely melting uh, the, the two base materials together. If you're thicker than what your welder can handle and you only get, you know, three quarters, uh, penetration, it's still going to be pretty strong. Not as strong as if you did a full weld, but you're probably using material that's thicker than what you need anyway, it's just because it's what you have on hand. So, uh, when you think about what the average homesteader would use that, you know, it'll certainly cover those thicknesses. So it basically is doing the best it can with the energy available to it, given the stock sure. size, et cetera. Right. Um, I think this is pretty much the same question, unless there's anything that makes you want to add. What's the amp draw on that machine, 30 amp? I'm pretty sure he's talking about the one that you're, you, right. know, you guys are giving away. But, I mean, there's probably yeah, go- minimum to, to run 240 volt anyway. Right? right, yeah. So, I mean, it will, it will take up to 50 amps uh, at 220 volts to produce, the, again, the thickest weld possible. Okay. Um, if you don't, if you only have 30, then, then you just have to weld thinner material. So yeah. Yeah. So Joe says, what's the best starter welder from Harbor Freight? And I'll answer that. Uh, with I have no idea. Yeah. I don't really know either. I've been following their models, but you can certainly get, you know, if you want to choose one of the ones from Harbor Freight or any of the other, there's, you know, I know Wrangler stars done the cheapest plasma cutter on Amazon, the cheapest MIG welder on Amazon. They're all, you know, let's be honest. They're all more or less the same. Um, the reason I chose to work with the S welders, there's someone I knew I could get a hold of, uh, if I needed, you know, to talk about something. I'm sure, you know, they don't, same level of service as you have with some of your MSB vendors where you can talk to the president, but, um, they're, you know, definitely a step better than a no, no name you never heard of that you can't find anything out about. Well, very cool, Jerry. I think this was a great discussion today. Uh, again, folks, you have that opportunity. TSPC welder in the subject line. Send it to Jack at the survival podcast.com for live stream only. Sorry guys. It was uh, Jerry's idea and a really good one. So 
uh, in the future, think about showing up to live streams because you because now that I now that I have this little tidbit idea, you never know what I'm going to be able to talk a guest into doing for you and uh, giving it away in the live stream sounds like a lot of fun. And maybe if we have more time in the future, I might use it and put it out that hey, something cool is going to happen in live stream today. Uh, Jerry came up with this just as we were doing pre-show. Uh, chat. So that's a great idea, Jerry. You've now changed the direction of the show through a simple suggestion. And that's, that's something I would say that's true about TSP in general. We've had a lot of major things that become a thing in the show because somebody throws out one suggestion. So we're always open to that. Thanks for being with us today, man. And, yep. uh, you have a website. It's not really doing anything yet, but you have plans right. for it. You want to let people sure. know what it is. Yeah, if I could offer two things about my website. So, uh, about seven years ago, I actually took over saveourskills.com. And I tried to run it, but I've now come to the realization that I'm not the right person to create content for that. I, I'm interested in reading it, but I just don't have the experience to produce the content that, you know, traditional skills, the hunting, the fishing, the canning, that kind of stuff. So I re- will offer that if anyone is interested in creating content, I am willing to make sure the back end stays up and running uh, if someone's willing to write the article. So I've kind of put that site, um, uh, you know, archived, if you will. It's as it is. I'm not taking anything down. Uh, and I'm not going to be creating any new content for that because I realized that really my interest is in the shop class kind of things, the woodworking, metalworking. So my project is going to be shopclassonline.com, and it will be specific to projects that teach you skills. So I'm not, you know, if you take a look at the woodworking magazines, for example, there's, you know, 30 plans on how to build a dresser. Well, if you want a dresser, that's fine, but if I need to learn the skills, that those are not really geared that way. So again, if you remember shop class from when there was a shop class, that's what I'm looking at to, to do there. Uh, one item that I am in the trying to finalize here in far as using like construction lumber, for example, is a little shed that would hold 12 gas cans. So your rotation of restoring gas and a little, you know, single roof, a little shelf to put on to siphon off. So I'm, I'm working on getting those plans finalized. And that would be the same type of thing. So you take your, hopefully you have a chop saw. If you don't, you get a, a circular saw, cut your board square, cut them to length, uh, fasten them together. Uh, so that's the focus uh, of this uh, new site. It probably will not be launching with projects really until the spring because I'm in Michigan and, you know, I'm not going to go outside in the winter and, and build something and video it uh, to, to offer it. So that that's my, uh, that's, that's where I want to go. And that's part of my connecting with yes welder i'm reaching out to some other vendors i want to need, need some sponsors to be able to fund this kind of effort so that's i that's think it's what I'm the doing. thing and, and we need it i think the world was a better place when the average average kid took shop class mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a child of that i i yeah. took you know metal woodworking for two years metalworking for two years i learned to tig weld aluminum uh you know small gas engine class drafting class all of that is what i did and i you know have a love for it and so that's why it's kind of my passion project in the later part of my life. I, I still remember Mr. Watts was my metal shop teacher in seventh grade. And we, he said, how many of you guys in the first half of the year took wood shop? And a bunch of us put our hands up. He goes, so you know absolutely nothing about metal. There's no wood dough in metal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I still remember that. And I, I remember spot welding that little, uh, that little toolbox together that we made. It was more like the tray that goes on the top of the old school yep, standing yep. toolboxes. Uh, I, all that. Yeah, I still have a, a a little a little pan that I I folded up on a sheet metal and actually soldered the seams together. Uh, and then I have a little bank that I when we, we cast aluminum. So that's always I really loved uh, foundry work. But 
Very cool, man. Well, good luck on that. And again, uh, shopclassonline.com. The site's really just a placeholder for now, but it'll be coming. Right. Again, yeswelder.com with uh, referral code shopclassonline. That'll be in the video or the audio notes. There'll be a right. link down there below the video. Go there. Use Jerry's link. You'll get the extra off. I mean, he said anybody can get that off right now, but his will get you through the end of the year. Right. And uh, he'll get a bit of a kickback, and he shared a lot of great information with us today. Those of you listening to the audio, sorry you missed out on the opportunity to win a free welder, but, boy, I got a, I got a bunch of them over here. They, they poured in when we did that. So uh, I will pick, and I will probably announce a winner uh, tomorrow in email, and I'll get you a uh, – uh, link up with that person, Jerry, so sure, that you yep. can make the connection and make it happen. Right. Need the shipping address. Very generous thing for your uh, your partner company there, Yes Welder, to do and for you to ask for. So thanks for that. And thanks for the show today. Thank you. Well, that was a great interview. Uh, really conversational, covered the basics of everything. It certainly puts you set in the right direction if you want to get started welding, uh, whether you've done a little bit and you're just looking to get back into it or you've done none and you need to get started right from the, the ground up. I really encourage you to consider what Jerry said about things like going ahead and looking at like local community colleges for courses and things like that, maker spaces, find a mentor, that type of thing. You'll be able to move a lot faster, and you'll be able to know that you're doing things in a safe way. With that, if you like this show and the work that we do, you can always support it, one, by becoming a member. Go to the survivalpodcast.com, click on Members to learn more. You'll see all the people you get discounts from. If you use a few of the discounts every year, you'll get your money back, and you'll support the show. It's a win-win-win, and I have negotiated some great discounts for you guys. These are not discounts you can get anywhere all the time. These are discounts that are available 24-7, 365 to my members as long as the partner vendor stays part of the program. Um, again, both of our sponsors today do discounts. Both of those are enough to cover the membership. If you like CBD products, we have some incredible discounts on those. Coffee, uh, prepper gear, Ammo. We got discounts on everything, guys. Check it out if you've never done so before. The survivalpodcast.com forward slash members. Then the other way, the way that costs you no direct out of pocket money. You're going to buy something online and you're going to spend the money anyway. So go to tspaz.com before you start your shopping. That's all you have to do. And no matter what happens after that, you'll help support us. You'll also see all the items that I review and recommend. The same item I recommended yesterday, I have today. It's the OXA 4-in-1 Immersion Blender. I know an immersion blender doesn't sound like a huge prepper product, but it really is. Like, Because a lot of people in the prepper community make soap, and they use immersion blenders. And then food preparation is a big part of prepping. Food preparation, prepper, got it. Uh, and immersion blenders do so much. I got it originally because we were making large amounts of winter squash soup, specifically butternut and other squashes like that, and transferring it to a blender to blend it while it's a temperature of napalm is not fun. So I found this one. It does a bunch of other stuff. But the big thing is it has a mini food processor. I use that mini food processor more than I use our great big food processor because it's little and it's quick and it's easy to clean up. And so if I want to make a little bit of pesto or I want to make a little bit of like a pico de gallo or a salsa or something like that, this is what a little bit of uh, a bruschetta or something like that. This is what I use. This is what I use because it's just so much easier than getting out your big 11 cup, you know, uh, uh, full size food processor. And again, cleanup is a snap. 
It, it really is. So check this out. The reason I'm running it again today is two reasons. One, it was on sale with a, a coupon. You click the little thing that says, I want to use the coupon. I don't know why they do that, but they do. And that's 15% off, and it's already a good deal. The other reason is a ton of you guys bought it yesterday. And there's a rule in, in, in marketing and sales. When people are buying a thing, don't stop them. For keep, keep selling it until they stop buying it. So this is a good item for yourself. It is also a great gift, and we are heading into the gift season. Check this one out. Find everything I've ever recommended at tspaz.com. And know this, with a few exceptions, one or two items over the years I've been given in return for the review. Those are disclosed. If it's there, it probably means the following, like 99% of them. I needed a thing. I researched a thing. I bought a thing. I liked the thing. And I decided if I needed the thing again, this is the thing I would buy again. And then and only then do I write it up and add it to the T-SPAS catalog. You come to my house and start looking around. It looks like it looks like you went to Pottery Barn and you looked at the catalog and then you went to Pottery Barn. All the stuff's here. The stuff in T-SPAS I really own, I really use, or I would not recommend it to you. Spend my own money on it. And, and I've always tried to make sure that integrity is part of the Survival Podcast brand. I thought maybe I'd let you guys know what we're going to talk about tomorrow in the live stream as well as on the audio podcast. Uh, now, I won't be giving away anything tomorrow for free. I don't think so anyway, but I like this new idea of giving stuff away to the live stream audience so you never know. But here's what we got coming tomorrow. It's more of a topical, timely show, what's going on. Folks, I think we are in for major pain going forward, and it's going to get bad, and then it's going to get worse, and then when you think it's as bad as it's going to get, it's going to get Get worse. I think our economic problems that lie ahead are devastating. You know me, I don't say that lightly. I also think we have a lot of things going wrong in the world um, and a lot of things we need to keep an eye on. So tomorrow's going to be one of those Just Jack Thursday shows that's like that. And we're going to start out with something that doesn't even sound like it's part of anything I said, but it's a part of everything I said. Sperm counts. Sperm counts are way down, way, way, way down, which means less new people. It's a bigger problem than you think it is. We have an overall decline in the population of the first world, and even in even in like the the, the third world, where people say, "Well, population is still growing really rapidly." It's growing a lot less rapidly, and you might think that's good, but I'll tell you why it's not necessarily good. And if the long term trend continues, why it can actually be a catastrophe if the decline is too quick on the other side of it. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about layoffs. I said at the workshop that we just did um, repeatedly. The, and, and the election was, you know, just like the election was Tuesday and the workshop started Wednesday. Now that the election is over, you're going to hear layoffs announced left and right by major corporations. And that every major corporation in America has a plan to lay people off in the next one week to, to, to 18 months. And then that was confirmed. And it's worse than it sounds. And you know who already announced layoffs since the election? Amazon and FedEx. I want you to think about that. I'll tell you more about it tomorrow. The biggest things company, Amazon, so the, the things that uh, the, the company people buy the most things from is Amazon, is laying people off, and the, one of the largest companies that delivers things to people, FedEx, is laying people off at the same time, right before Christmas season starts. Oof, oof. We're gonna, Texas has invoked the invasion clause. Is it a publicity stunt? Maybe. Is it legit? I don't know. I tend toward the publicity stunt, but there's another thing that could be a play here. It might have a lot less to do with the, the southern border and more to do with the sovereignty of Texas's state borders because some of the shit that's coming. 
What happened to the red wave? It turned into a red whip ripple. What does that mean? Not that much, but we'll talk about it. Fuel shortages, current state. Food shortages, current state. And real estate heading into a recession, if not a depression. All of that and more tomorrow in the live stream. So if you can make it, make it. Remember, you can always find out where the next live stream is going to be at tspclive.com. With that, folks, I will catch you tomorrow with another episode of the Survival Podcast. Are they gonna bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. A dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way